Well, here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Of course, my name is Eddie Cohn. I'm the host, the creator, producer of the Spiritual Spiral. Thrilled that you're here today, especially thrilled that you're here because you get to hear a wonderful conversation that I had with Sasha O'Connor. I met her, gosh, it's, it, sometimes this show just makes me realize how fast time goes. I'm coming up on the two-year anniversary of this podcast, and I met Sasha about almost like five, six years ago. I did my yin teacher training program with her over at Yoga Salt. She's currently teaching yoga in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, but I met her, I was taking a teacher training at Yoga Salt with Tamal, Tamal Dodge, and she taught a few sessions while Tamal was, actually, I think he was on vacation or like building a studio or on a teacher training in Costa Rica. I don't remember which one it was. But anyway, so she came for the weekend and I just instantly was truly drawn to her energy. And then I ended up taking a yin yang teacher training with her, I think maybe a year later. So I just, you know, those voices inside your head before, before you listen to the conversation where you just sort of get a hunch that something doesn't feel right. And then you ultimately like stay away from that person or that place, or you get a hunch or a certain energy with somebody where they just feel like the real deal, or you want to get to know them, or you trust to take a teacher training with them. I mean, I had the choices. I had a choice to, you know, take a teacher training with various teachers and different studios. But a friend of mine introduced me to Tamal Dodge because he felt that I would really resonate with him, and he was correct. And then I'm just so happy that through Tamal, I met Seisha because in my opinion, Seisha just exudes this energy that feels authentic. You know, this podcast started for a multitude of reasons, but I think I'm a creator, I'm artistic, I'm sensitive, but I also, I'm not a Luddite and I do see the potential value of, of promoting yourself or using social media to connect with certain people. But I became troubled by the draw of social media technology and Instagram. And I started to think to myself, if yoga teachers with over 50, 100, 200,000 followers are posting one perfect looking photo after another, how is that impacting the yoga community? How is Instagram affecting our society? How is technology impacting our society? And I think those are important conversations to have. I've, I guess I also created the podcast because I wanted to talk about things that I feel like have gotten lost because of technology, because of social media. I feel like our brains are being drawn towards rabbit holes that in the grand scheme of things are really not that interesting. And so I think yoga teachers now are more important than ever. And I always respected Seisha. I always felt like she was the real deal in teaching for the right reasons. I do believe we as human beings have these intrinsic, powerful energies that unfortunately I think are sort of getting pressed down or we're, they're harder to tap into because we're so obsessed with technology now. And now we're even more so obsessed with technology. So I just felt like as a yoga teacher, we have a bit of a responsibility to try and help people relinquish their hold on tech and become more connected with themselves. And I was always impressed with Seisha, and I'm so happy she took the time to talk to me. And we talk a lot about yoga, technology, this pull in our culture, feeling like it does feel like sometimes more people are becoming more robotic than ever before. Like you have to sort of like follow the crowds. And I also was really struck by a post that she posted a, probably about a month ago and some backlash that it received. So we talk about that. Um, you can find Seisha, of course, she's teaching yoga online right now. I don't know if the, I don't know if the studios are open in Wilmington yet, but you can find Seisha on Instagram at Seisha, that's S-E-S-A, and then yoga, Seisha Yoga. Uh, so find her there, take her classes online, and she's a wonderful, wonderful human being. And I just was really just stoked that she took the time to talk to me. So um, if you enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes, write a review, 
share it with your friends, give it a five star. I've also created a Patreon where I'm creating content exclusively for subscribers to my show. So if you're interested, head over to patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. You can also visit my website, iameddiecohn.com, and join the newsletter. You can reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter and say hello or any questions. Reach out to me. And that's it. Thanks again to Sasha for taking the time. As always, thanks to you for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Yes, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. Hang on, let me just uh, make sure the volume is okay. Okay. It actually sounds good. Oh, good. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, I have pretty strong service where I'm at, so that's good. That doesn't you surprise me. Yeah, let me just, uh, if I'm not ever looking at you, it's not because I'm uh, not paying attention. It's just because I'm making sure. Um, Everything's being... Yeah, but you you have like you have like one of the best voices uh, in all of America. So this this is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my biggest like feedbacks is how great my voice is. And one of the things we've been doing a lot of like recording for yoga. And one of the things was like pre audioing my class, and then I take my class. Right. And I guess it's just the typical thing of like I guess like I hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. I, I would never yeah. would have guessed that. Yeah. Well, I know we're on a time crunch. I, we only have four minutes, so I got to make this fast. No, I'm kidding. No, no, we have 40, <laughs> yeah, like 45 minutes. I'm kidding. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, how are you doing? And, and, and I think as a yoga teacher, to have any sort of sense of connection to a human being is, is sort of one of the goals. And, and I always, and, and one of my, yeah. And one of my issues obviously with technology is that I do think it's actually the most sort of unhuman potentially object. Cause it really does draw you away from kind of who you are. So Definitely. with all of that said, how are you dealing with this as a yoga teacher and, and now more use of tech? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been really interesting just because I had, like, leaving L.A. over a year ago, and before that, before I was in L.A., I was in Orange County teaching for five years, and I'd always had so many students ask me if I was going to do, like, online classes. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was always kind of so against it because for me especially, I don't know, having that human connection or that in-person connection and feeding off the energy of the room and really kind of building a class off of who was in the room. That's how I taught. It was never like I had a pre-scripted class. It's just, I walked in, I winged it and really built the class for whoever showed up that particular day. And so whenever students asked if I was ever going to do that, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've kind of thought about it, but I don't know. Like, having this, like, interaction, even the 15 minutes before a class and 15 minutes after a class is, is huge for me. It's really fulfilling, you know. Um, and then I actually, last year, 2019, met up with a friend of a friend in Bali. And he's kind of like a life coach, and he we were talking about that and he's like, well, you should really get on like the like yoga online bandwagon. I was like, yeah, I've been told. <laughs> and I, and I it kind of like, kind of looked into it. He gave me a few kind of like um, things to check out and I was like, okay. But really like being a single mom, like it's a production to kind of put that on and like having the right gear and all that. And so, yeah, I didn't really do it. And then COVID hit and we were kind of like forced to do it. So it's kind of one of those things of like whatever it is, destiny or providence or all these people have always been asking me for online classes. And now I was kind of forced to take that step because that's all we're doing right now. 
Yeah. Um, and so it's, but it's been really interesting for me. I definitely miss the interaction and being with people for sure. Um, cause like coming up with classes beforehand is really weird for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's funny. I even think to myself, I'm not like a Luddite and I certainly have a phone and I, I enjoy technology. I, I think yeah. it's, I think it's great, but I felt up until COVID, if you were introverted or if you still realize that, you know, you appreciate life without it or those quiet moments without it, you were able to still um, maneuver your way through. Yeah. And, and now that's just really kind of over. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. It's almost like we're stepping into a whole new world of all of that like that's one of the things is like what is the fitness world whether it's yoga classes boot camp classes pilates what is that going to look like from this point forward and it's like we're all kind of in the dark we don't really know um what's going to happen or how long this is going to go on for so it's like technology is kind of a must right now unfortunately um and it's like me being I guess an introvert, I really enjoy my quiet time and like a w time away from technology. And I've had so many people who are always like, you need to like up your social media stance. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> like to posting something like once or twice a month is like a big step for me. But, um, yeah, so it, it's interesting for sure to say the least. Cause it's like, although it's like social media technology, it's like in the real world beyond COVID, it is definitely creating like this wall or division and withdrawal hmm. of people's interaction, right? It's become like, well, how many likes did I get? And oh, who's this person who just followed me? It's, it's that instant gratification, right? It's like, oh, they liked me and they liked what I'm doing and they're like approving what I'm up to in my life. Um, so I think it definitely creates this kind of disconnect and false reality in real life. But now that COVID's happening, it's almost become this necessity, right? Yeah. It's like, because as a yoga teacher, without whether it's Zoom or YouTube or whatever it is, Facebook Live, I wouldn't be able to be of service to people. Like, that's one of the biggest things about this is, I've really just been doing donation-based classes and doing it over, we were doing it Facebook Live, but it's mainly now a YouTube channel. Um, Let me ask you really quick. Yeah. I've had, I started out doing donation and I know like Santa Monica Power is all about that. And, mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I just wrote a piece for my followers, like my email subscribers, I have this, yeah. I, I'm, re, I'm feeling like we don't value what we do enough. And, and yeah. I think Spotify and Netflix on the creative side has created a world where people don't realize how hard it is to like make music or make a movie. And when I see, yeah. when I see yoga teachers doing the donation thing, for lack of a better word, I do feel like it, it's devaluing what we do. And, and I think it's like, I, I don't know, maybe you disagree or agree, but I want to hear your thoughts. But I feel like we need to be more steadfast to be like, you know, you know, what we do is valuable. It's not a, I'm not a, I'm not a charity. So no, 100%. what do you think? I mean, it's like, cause it's like what's private. And I think that kind of ties into I don't know, for a long time, it's like with me, it, like I built the clientele over time in LA where I easily would charge like 175 for a 60 minute private yoga session, right? And for a while that was kind of out of the norm. Like if you were charging more than like 45 bucks, people were like, what? I don't know about that, you know? But I think it's because they're really basing it, I don't even know off of what, whether it is like a personal training session, whereas yoga really is so much more than just like getting your butt kicked for an hour, right? Yeah. There's so much more tied into it from the like mental, spiritual, emotional aspect that it brings into everything. Um, 
And as far as the donation base, I I don't know. I'm kind of on the like the middle path, yeah, right? Sure. It's like I understand, and for me, because teaching for me so much is being of service to those in need, and it's like right now through COVID, especially because so many people aren't working, so many people have lost their jobs. They're not making money. They're struggling to even like find how, find out how they're going to pay their rent, and you know what I mean. Yeah. So in this particular situation, we've been I've been doing the donation base just because. I mean, being a single mom, like I, and it's, I'm still in that position of like month by month, how am I going to do this and how am I going to pay that? But in this particular time, because the stress I think is so high from everything that we've been fed through media, then there's the conspiracy theories and social, (laughs) social media, right? All the battles of all this information that we're being inundated with at such a high rapid pace yeah, yeah. because nobody's working because no mm. and nobody's sitting in meditation for two hours a day you know what i mean everybody's basically on their phone or a screen at almost every given point right now um the stress levels are just so high i think that yoga is something that's so needed in this time in this situation that I don't necessarily feel right charging for it. You know what yeah, I mean? I get it. And especially because I'm not there in person to necessarily hold that space or, and, and in my classes, I would do a lot of like hand on assists and kind of give people the extra attention and kind of that exchange of energy. I guess I don't necessarily feel right in this situation to be charging money. And if I did, it would be a much lower rate than a studio would be doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just right now with everything that is happening and the stress levels and everybody is so emotionally sensitive with everything beyond COVID, there's so many different things happening, whether it's the like cancel culture and the Black Lives Matter movement and there are so many things happening right now. It's like 2020 is the volcano that we've been waiting to implode. I, I agree with you. And, and I think part of the reason why I've always liked you is that you're very sincere and open and and not trying to pretend it's it's Thank like you. well and i think this is sort of to my point of my show and what you just said i've sort of come up with this theory it's not even a theory i think the part of the reason why we're where we're at now is i get the sense that when four to five conglomerates slash political movements slash um, the media slash pharmaceuticals and their agendas all come together at once, whether they whether they can com- communicate it to each other or not, who knows. But when yeah. all when those powerful agendas come together at once, um, you have what you have now, and and you and combined with people's innate feelings of fear, I think this that whole thing all this whole thing has also made me realize how easily people are controlled or manipulated to do something because of mm-hmm. fear. Um, 100%. And so now connecting what you just said, it feels like nobody can question or have a conversation about anything because of this count this this cancel culture and because everybody's on the phone. You know, like you and I are having a back and forth right now, but yeah. this this can't go on. Um, no, I mean And really, I feel where it all stems from is so many people have, and it's like we all have experiences, right? And it's like we've all gone through something. But there is kind of this plethora of people coming out about certain things right now that have been suppressed for so long. 
right? Whether it is people who are saved from sex trafficking or these Black Lives Matter movements and people that have been suppressed and their voices have not been heard. It's like this, it's almost like a call-out culture, right? People mm -hmm. are so quick to call somebody out on their own shit um, and point fingers. And I really think it just stems from wanting to be heard and just having, having this kind of open dialogue. But because there is so much emotion and fear around whatever it is, COVID, it's like so many people are in a very emotionally and f sensitive and fearful state that I think the two, the fear and the emotions are kind of overriding their ability to just sit and have this a conversation and actually like express how they're feeling and really be heard because so many people are then right turning around and pointing fingers at the, it's all this the time it's like everybody's pointing fingers at somebody else or something else um which to me i feel like is a little surprising and i guess it's because it's like because i grew up on a yoga ashram and i did spend so much time whether it was meditating and even within my own family we were very close because we were very open within communication. We talked about whatever was happening and how we were feeling, right? Without that, like, judgment factor. Hmm. And so, for me, I understand that, like, sitting in silence and sitting without the constant inundation of having to work and do this and do that... Um, if you use it properly and really allow yourself to a sit with whatever is coming up, whether it is trauma, past experiences, histories, and actually allow yourself to heal, you can then have like an honest conversation rather than just an emotional upheaval that is driven by hate or anger or kind of that victimized state. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a teacher and she, and now she has to teach online. Mm -hmm. And she's, she brought up this word learning. And I, I kind of think I sort of equate it to change, evolving. And I don't think, and and she's come across this firsthand, people, her students are there, they're online, they're, wa yeah. they're, they're watching what she's doing, but even, yeah. even her best students before this whole thing, she can tell they're not learning. And, and, yeah. and so I think this even equates to what you're talking about. I think to like back when I, had, when I was home with my parents, and this was before tech, we were, we spent time at the dinner table and talked about each other's days and listened and we heard other people's perspectives and there was the potential that one could learn or change. And, and I don't think learning and changing is dynamically as is possible. It's not, it's not as possible when those exchanges are, or just like vomited out through comments or uh, it's just, what's, what's your experience? And I, I'm equating this also because not only your mom, but, you know, you, you I know you don't post very often on social media, but you did it like a couple of months ago. And we don't have to talk. We don't have to talk about the post. But I found yeah. I found the post to be very innocuous uh, and actually educational. Um, yeah. And, and then, of course, people are taking it the wrong way. And, and that's, to me, so troublesome because you could sort of post something that you think is innocuous and helpful and people completely take it out of context. Out of context. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like everybody on Instagram, it's like everybody is a critic, right? Yeah. It's like it's and that's one thing. It's like being a mom, it's like knowing that my son is obviously growing up in this world of technology and he's going to have to become familiar with it. 
Like, he doesn't have any social... He's he's only 11, but it's like, I know... Like, I know Instagram, I guess, PR people who, like, are growing children's Instagram accounts so that when they turn 18, they have all these hundreds of thousands of followers and they have, like, an empire, right? And to me, like... Wow. I'm like, what's... What's any difference between that and like a Disney kid? Like, right? We see all these Disney kids that have all these issues and we want to point fingers at Britney Spears because they went through all this trauma and were pushed to, they were put out and had to hold face, right? Their whole life because they were Disney kids. Like, what's the difference between that and an Instagram kid nowadays, right? Anyway, so my son doesn't have, he doesn't have a phone. I'm like, once you start driving and I need to get a hold of you, yeah. <laughs> then you can have a phone. And it might be a flip phone, so I can call you and text you if need be. Um, but it's like with Instagram and Facebook, it's like everybody is a critic, right? It's, it's kind of this platform where bullying or cut. And that's the, that's the thing. It's like even something like this, I much prefer this than like, a text message, right? Yeah. Or a written out interview, just because when you write something, whether it's a text message, an Instagram blog post, whatever it is, it can always be taken out of context because everybody is now the world's best critic. Right. And they can, and they, they see it from the lenses of their own, consciousness right right whereas like that the post that you are talking about that i put out there it was something that i wrote because a i felt called to it and it's like with the black lives matter movement and all these people that i consider brothers and sisters that are in black bodies asking us to like educate ourselves about the systemic racism that is ingrained in our country one of the things that I really kind of dove into was how systemic racism is also tied into like environmentalism. And I've been huge into like environmental movements and different things. Um, and so that post was kind of a combination of the Black Lives Black Lives Matter is not going to change overnight, nor is it going to change from any politicians, presidents, people in our governmental lines. It's like, it's going to come from the masses, but it really does start with each individual and the changing of our consciousness and how everything we put in on and around our body has an effect on our consciousness. Yeah. And I chose diet or what we eat because it's something that people do five times a day. And it's like, if they cannot be conscious of the impact that something they do five times a day, and I, I think it was like a, it could have been three posts. I did it in two. The second one was continued in the comments. It was like a very long, in-depth, researched post how it affects everything from like starvation across the globe and even how kids and families here in the United States don't have access to meals or don't know where their next meal is going to come from and how most of those people are actually black people. I mean, it was a whole thing, but it, how it impacts the environment. And it was really meant to raise that awareness of our consciousness of like, if you can't even be aware of what you're taking in has an impact on your own body health wise, let alone that spider web effect, right? It's like a fly flies into a spider webs web. And even if the spider web is on the far left lower corner than where that insect landed, it still feels that vibration. And so it's like everything that we do has an effect not only on us, our consciousness, but around and to people to the tenth millionth degree, right? It's kind of like that saying, 
I think it's like within eight people, you know everybody across the globe. Yeah, six degrees right? of separation. Like, yeah. So it's kind of like if if that's the case and just like knowing somebody, can you imagine the effects that your actions have? If right, it's like if your actions have that effect on eight people and their actions have an effect on it, right? It's like it's unlimited. It's, it's all interconnected. Well, and I think I was, it's funny, but I thought that was the point that you were trying to make. And it's something that I think social media and Instagram actually um, per, uh, perpetuates in our culture, sort of this myopic, narcissistic attitude where people um, only are thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the consequences of, of their actions yeah. and the words they say. And this is one thing that I do get a little frustrated People will post just a black photo on Instagram and think that they're doing the work. And to yeah. me, to me, it's just so much beyond that. But it feels like, oh, I've stamped that down. I'm good. And I think mm -hmm. sort of your post was really, if we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter, if we're going to talk about these issues in our culture, we need to really have an educational discussion about sort of the global impact of a lot of the issues that that affect black lives matter and i think yeah. people have a hard time with that they do 100 percent. i think it's like because i'm not black it was seen as me i mean i think somebody even called me like white privilege or something and technically like i don't identify with being my body but i am half japanese like i'm technically a person of color and it's like my grandmother lived in the internment camps in World War II. She was had her house taken from her because she lived on the coast of Oregon. Her and her family were pulled off the coast of Oregon. Their house was burned with all their possessions in it, and they were sent to these internment camps. So it's like, technically, I'm a person of color or a minority. Um, and it, it's really interesting because it's like, I kind of went back and forth with a few people on those comments. And the next day, I kind of came out with this apology post. How was that? Um, but I'm curious, please don't forget your thought. How did you feel though? Like, and that's the thing, like, you know, life is already hard. And then to post something, I mean, I probably would have just taken the shit down and just like gotten the hell out because I don't want my mind and brain to be thinking about that shit. It's like, how yeah, no, I mean, it was definitely difficult. Um, because a, a lot of the things people had to say were kind of nasty, yes. and kind of mean, right? It's like, um, but, and then again, from like being empathetic, I really think the people that get like irritated <laughs> or nudged the wrong way, generally it's because whatever was being said is something that is kind of like igniting within them like deep self-reflection like yeah. you know like you said it's like a lot of people posted this like black square and that was their stamp whereas oh shit like even what i eat is now involved in racism right mm -hmm. it's like like i'm even gonna have to change how i eat I don't just have to like post a black square or even like educate myself on the history of the United States and what really happened to black people. Like even what I eat now, like, right. It's, it's, they feel attacked, I guess is the word, um, which by no means, I never said you have to be vegetarian or you have to be vegan. It was more so like, this is a change that I think people can make. Um, it's not necessarily going to happen overnight um but it's like people felt attacked by it i think is the main thing and it's like i had a few black people like dm me after i posted the apology one and they were it was actually very sweet they actually came they were like you know i i saw your apology one and i saw the other one 
and I just want to let you know my thoughts and like and very much like in the same grain of like yeah people don't understand how deep like systemic racism goes and that yes black people are the most affected or people of color are the most affected by environmental mishaps right it's like yeah and then I think within 24 hours of my first initial post this black guy on Instagram that I follow had posted that he's creating a documentary all surrounded on diet and racism right Hmm. and so I posted that and I just and somebody sent it to me I was like no I I already saw it Um, and I had posted it in my story just kind of one of those things it's kind of like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't it's like because I'm not black and I posted that it was seen as white supremacy Hmm. or like my white privilege whereas if a black person had posted that people probably would have taken it very informationally, right? Yes. And like been like, oh shit, okay. Like, wow. And I wish that wasn't the case, but it's like, I think that is the main reason that the backlash that I did receive, I think that was the main case, reason, was because I'm not black, necessarily. And, and I'm, um, sorry, go ahead. Like I said, I just like, I had many people... DM me afterwards, um, just saying like they saw it very much as like on the side of like you are standing with us, right? And it's like those are things that need to be said and discussed because it's not gonna just we have we're not gonna have some politician or president step in and be our saving grace. We've been trying to do that for how long, right? It's like, it's going to come down to the individual work on mass levels. And it's like, as a yoga teacher, and that's one of the things in the Black Lives Matter movement, they're asking us with our privilege to use our platforms to educate people. And because I have been so involved in environmentalism and different movements, and that is something I'm very passionate about just because, I mean... They say we're, we're going to have fishless seas in 50 years. You know what I mean? It's like if we keep treating the earth the way we're treating it, human beings might not be able to survive much longer into the future. You know what I mean? So it's like I've been very passionate about that. And so when I began to research different things that tie into black lives and that being one of them, tying the two together made sense to me. And because awakening the consciousness is such a huge part of what yoga is about, that was, to me, the best use of my my platform, right? Sure. It's like I have maybe, what, 3,000 followers on Instagram? It's not like I was blasting out to millions of people. Yeah. Um, but it's like... And I left it up because that is something that people need to hear. It was really more so creating that like emotional turmoil and like the butting of heads, which is a very crazy thing that I see a lot more. And especially with kind of social medias, it's creating a lot more division, right? Yeah. It's like... Well, and it's funny, yeah. I think the yoga, there's a couple things I'm thinking, but I'll just say this and see where it goes. I I always felt like the yoga world needed more people like you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I can see why you're apprehensive to post on Instagram. Because the reality is, is that I do think the more we post and, and converse through tech and DMs, it actually turns you more into a robot. Because yeah. you're not actually fully living your brain's potential and, and what we're meant yeah. to do. And like I'm using my hands a lot when I talk and mm-hmm. I like to look at people's That's eyes. But I will say I got frustrated or annoyed more so a few years ago by this this trend of the Instagram yoga star where they're just I think it's called virtue signaling. It's just it's nonsense. These these selfies and photos where they're they're in bikinis and they're holding handstands and they're clearly just trying to get people's attention. And 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 I just yeah. and I think it's all bullshit. 
Um, no, 100%. And, and I guess that's why I kind of had this adherence to becoming socially on Instagram, like having hundreds of thousands of followers because it is so superficial. It's all about what cool arm balance can you do? Can you put your legs behind your head while standing on one arm? Kind of, it's all very superficial. And it's like knowing influencers, all of them, it's all staged. It's not like they put their iPhone on self-timer and like go do that, right? It's like, it's all staged. It's, it's a production, right? And so it's like, that's what I find so hard about the Instagram world, I think, is like they call them influencers, right? They're meant to be influencing the masses. But they're just influencing them to continue to follow the same kind of mass media bullshit, right? Yeah. It's like whether it's selling from whatever sponsor is sponsoring their at their post. You know, there's just so much that is the complete opposite of yoga. It's like it's yoga is supposed to pull you away from the false ego or that little voice that is because the ego is the I am. Right. Right. And, and it's like the consciousness has an ego. It is the I am it, our awareness of being. Right. So it's the false ego that we're supposed to like burn and beat down and try to get rid of, which is completely impossible unless you become fully enlightened. Um, but the false ego of like that little voice telling you something you're not mainly. And it all stems from I'm this body. Right. Right. And so if my body looks a certain way and I angle it, at the right camera angle, I'll get more followers. But it's yeah. like, to me, it's like, what is the purpose and what's the point of all that? Like, if you're not actually influencing them to better themselves on a very, like, deep level, you're part of the problem. Totally. And, 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 so, you're, and you're also perpetuating this world of, of being concerned about numbers being concerned about who likes you, being concerned about going back to your phone to get notifications. And, and, that's, and that is a world that I am not really interested in. And, and yeah. I, I certainly, again, I say this a lot, um, a couple more things because I know you have to go soon. Um, I, I do think if you're a creator and you have something to make, or if you make, you know, if, let's say you have a clothing line or, or you write music and obviously you want people yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great for people like small businesses or musicians because they can give little like snippets of their soon release music or music video or like I understand social media and its purpose, right? Yeah. Especially for the little guys. I understand it, but so often it's not being used for the little guys it's being used by these multi-billion dollar companies who can pay an influencer $25,000 a month to post something about them one or two times a week right it's it's not about the little guys it's very few people and it's there are influencers I'm not saying all influencers are like this but it's like most influencers it's like they're just feeding into yeah, the bullshit of like materialism. Yeah. The I, me, mine mindset. It's all about I, me, and mine. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and that is, that's where things get ugly. Because then they're influencing all these hundreds of thousands of other people to think <laughs> that that's what is normal and that's how I'm supposed to act. So it's like, I feel like social media is the double-edged sword, right? Yeah. Like we can't live with it, but we can't live without it. It's like it could be used to do great good, but it also can be used to do evil. It's kind of that that kind of free will and choice that we all have. It's like we all have the choice to do good and we all have the choice to do evil. It's a matter of what we use it for. And so you, my stance is like 
I may post very few and far between, but I always try and make sure that my posts are filled with something that could impact and change somebody's life. Let, so. me, let me ask you, this is probably, this is kind of deep and philosophical, but there's two, two angles here. Yeah. I, I like the deep philosophical stuff. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> me too. That's sort of, I, I could talk about this stuff um, for a while, but I, that's part of my show. I just became very interested in these types of things and how they impact our culture and, and, and how we communicate. But you brought up the word choice and you brought up the word um the media, or you said the media. And sometimes I wonder if the world is as bad as the media says it is, but yeah. if we only see the bad and we aren't sort of showing any good. And so then you bring, and then you said the word choice. And sometimes I wonder, and in my example with the media, I, I wonder sometimes if we really are choosing or if we sort of are like subconsciously being led down certain directions and that are we really even making our own choices? It, it, I mean, sometimes life moves so fast and you sort of get onto these ripple of waves that uh, are you even, are you even making your own choices? <laughs> well, that, and that's the scary thing, right? Cause it's like, clearly it's like all of the mainstream media, whether it's Fox news, CNN that are supposedly on the polar opposites of the wings, right? Right. And left. You have to remember, A, it's the same fucking bird. It's got two wings, right? Same bird. But whether all the mainstream media, they're all owned by six major corporations, and they're all pushing the same agenda. So it's kind of like it comes back to that consciousness thing, right? It's like everything we put in, on, and around our body. So sound vibration is a big one. Like in yoga, sound vibration and what you constantly are listening to is huge in the terms of that's going to affect your consciousness, your reality, the lenses through which you look at the world. That's going to be kind of the way you see things due to what you're constantly listening to, right? So whether it is mainstream media or hip-hop or Rage Against the Machine, all of, like any type of music, um, whatever it may be, that's going to shape your consciousness. And one thing I really think mainstream media is creating is a division. Hmm. It's very much creating an us versus them mentality, whether it is Black Lives Matters and police or mask wearers and those who don't wear masks, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. It's creating this duality and a very like stark line and you have to be on one side or the other Republican Democrat, right? It's like you have to be on one side or the other or else what you don't, you don't have an identity. Right. And so it's like, but that's the thing is like so many people are identifying with all these different little things that are coming up through mainstream media. And it's, it very much affects the consciousness, but it's like at the end of the day, they are making the choice to turn on CNN or Fox News, or they're making the choice to what they are molding their consciousness into, right? Because everything we do from the music we listen to, what we eat, the shampoo we use, the deodorant we buy, the food we buy, it's like, those are all personal choices, right? But it's it's about educating ourselves. We have to do it beyond mainstream media. And as because a, mainstream media, the big corporations, big pharma, big agriculture, they're run by very intelligent people who hire marketing teams that know the human brain and can say the right words and fuse the right colors into the advertisements to make them appealing to the mind and the senses right so it's like yes we have free will and choice and it's like and with technological advancements we have people 
who know how to manipulate that, right? Due to the fact that humans are very much, we chase after like sense gratification, right? Yeah. It's like, whether it's traveling to the pretty new destinations or the best cheese platter you've ever had in your life or this freshly stone baked pizza and this glass of wine compared to that. It's like people are very much driven by sense gratification. It's like, and the big A knows that big agriculture knows that. Right. And so they're smart in the sense that they've hired people to work with human psyche. But, if you get really deep into the yoga system, it's like controlling your senses is a huge part of that, right? Um, It's like, I've never eaten meat, never tasted alcohol, never used any form of intoxication um, because of the effect it has on the consciousness. Hmm. And so it's like, we have to research become knowledgeable on certain things and then act upon it upon it. It's like one of, I don't even know where it is, but along the lines of like, there's knowledge, right? And we live in a day and age where there's more knowledge than any other time on the planet because a lot of technological advancements and because of science. And yet I feel like we live in an age where we have some of the most ignorance Because it's one thing to have knowledge. You can memorize the whole encyclopedia, the whole dictionary. Great. Good for you. But the difference between knowledge and wisdom, knowledge is the memorization of the textbooks. Hmm. Whereas wisdom is the understanding of that knowledge by implementation, where you begin to actively implement it into your day-to-day life and it's like i find that that's kind of the biggest divide that we see because it's like you can see really nice things posted on instagram on social media but then to meet these people in real life it's like a 180 degree image yeah a lot of the times it's like there are very few real influencers out there who are willing to post whether it's about who they are in real life, right? Or it's like they paint this picture of who they are, but it's like then you meet them in person and it's like you're blown out because you're like, wait, you don't seem anything like you do on Instagram. And it's, and it's because it's all a show. It's all a facade. It's like, it's like the movies. It's made up. It's fantasy. It's, you know... So, but because they're posting all these nice things, whether it's a yoga teacher or life coach or spiritual healer, there's so many different titles that you can find on Instagram now. It's like to be posting about all this stuff is one thing to know it. Okay, great. Post it about it, but then to act upon it, right? That's the wisdom. And I think that's the piece that is missing from so much of social media. And I think that's kind of the pitfall of social media is it doesn't have necessarily accountability. Hmm. Whereas like if you were in a real life situation and you were telling real people that you have to see every single day, I'm doing this as a new practice, you're much more likely to do it than if you were to write a post about, Hey guys, I'm going to do a 30-day silent meditation retreat, but you're posting on Instagram every day. Right. Right. It's like, that's not silent, eh? (laughs) It's like writing letters and notes is still communicating. It's still, you're cheating, right? So it's kind of like, we don't have that accountability anymore because there's nobody to be like, oh, well, hey, how's this going? And there's no, like, real-life check-in because it's all behind a screen. It's like two very, very different worlds, right? I I also think, um, last point, I also think we're not meant to be connected to this many people. It's weird. Like, they always say you should count your friends like on your one hand or something. Mm -hmm. 
And mm-hmm. and if and if you're lucky, like if, if you can count your best friends on one hand, you're lucky. And and to be able to share and talk about shit to like five thousand people, or th- I don't think that's actually a good thing. No, and that's that's one thing. So, so many people have like kind of I've heard from other people that people would like to know more about me because I'm quite secretive. It's like people know I'm a single mom, but they don't know the story behind it. Right. And it's like, and I mean, according to the world, it would be a very traumatic story. And it's like, but I'm not going to share it with a whole bunch of strangers. It's like, I will share it with somebody. I think it might impact or could help them on their journey. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, there is something to be said about intimacy and it's like vulnerability is meant to be an intimate thing, Hmm. right? To really develop a very deep connection with a very few people. Like, like I have very, like all of my close friends, I consider them my best friends, but literally I can count them on like one, maybe two hands. Right. It's like, and it's so it's like most of my friends are my best friends. And it's, I have other friends that it's like, I'll say hi to them, I'll chat with them. But it's not like I'm hanging out with them. We don't talk and catch up. And we don't have this super deep, intimate connection necessarily. Um, because, yeah, I don't think you're meant to. It's like, That would be so exhausting, <laughs> right? It's like, because every relationship, whether it is boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, husband, wife, husband and wife, mother, child, right? Any relationship, boss to employee, right? Any form of relationship, there's an energetic exchange Hmm. that takes place. And to, for me and like my, because I work at in that healing realm as like a yoga instructor, um, I can't imagine having to be open energetically to 25K people (laughs) on Instagram, right? And like having to kind of, because one thing is like a yoga teacher, people do feel like they can open up to you and share with you almost like a therapist, right? And it's like they can share with you traumas or different things, And it's, it can be a lot, it's exhausting. And it's like, you need the time to like revamp and allow that to process and work through you and release it. Right. Um, and with like my Thai yoga, that's something that we talk a lot about is learning how to allow things to just process because everything has a course, right? If you, if it comes in or something comes up, it'll work its way out and you'll be able to let it go if you actually take the time to allow it. Yeah. But it's like, if you have a constant like inundation of like people's traumas and things that they need opinions and help and like 25 K 1.5 million people at all times of the day, you don't have the time to take care of yourself and kind of, rejuvenate and recharge and let go of that type of stuff, you know? So it's like, yeah, I have no desire (laughs) to have 25,000 fans or followers. And, um, and I definitely think that like that vulnerability thing on social media, especially there should be kind of like a line that a lot of people I think sometimes cross to get more followers. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know for me because I teach yin and yang yoga. Right. So for me, it's all about balance and right. learning that balance. Um, but, and, and that's the thing, everybody's different. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I can offer my opinion and what I think about social media and, everything that's happening, but everybody else has their own opinion and I'm never going to force myself upon other people or, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to share the knowledge that I have and 
what I've gone through with somebody that I think may heal and actually receive that knowledge and then turn it into wisdom and act upon it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But to me, that is what I use social media for. And that's what I think it should be used for. But obviously, it's not necessarily the main is, stream. Is, is your son giving you your second phone? Because uh, you let, you're, you're so in attack that you actually have two phones. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm You're kidding. handing me my Bluetooth speaker headphones. They must have been on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Well, I was just thinking, you were just talking about energy, which I could talk to you for like another two hours. So I appreciate you. No, really, like you were just starting to touch on stuff that I think is like really fascinating. So, yeah. Uh, but I know you got to go. But I, um, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I think this is important. Yeah, stuff. I think I'm glad we could finally get it going and happening. And maybe there'll be a part two when we talk yeah. about energy and all these other things. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah. Well, Seisha, I appreciate you making the time to talk to me on the show. It's freaking awesome to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. I really, glad we made it happen. I really, really appreciate it. It means a lot. Yeah. Cool. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Have a great night. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.